0: This podcast from Teacher is supported by MacKillop Seasons, whose Seasons for Life project supports schools with loss and grief following a suicide and other loss event. Hello and welcome to this podcast from Teacher Magazine, I'm Jo Earp. This particular episode is part of our series on global education and we are venturing to New Zealand's South Ireland to Central Otago to find out about a Year 11 programme that's keeping students in high school while setting them up for job success. So when the Central Otago Youth Employment Programme or CoYEP. For short, first launched as an education ministry pilot, there were 54 NEET students, that stands for not in education, employment or training, in the region. Today, that figure zero. So there's obviously a lot that's going right with this programme. And on episode 23 of the Global Education Podcast, we'll find out more. I'm joined by Sarah Hill, Deputy Principal at Cromwell College to find out about Coyp and the impact that it's having on students, families, teachers and the local community. So let's get started. Hi Sarah, uh, thanks for joining us at Teacher. Now you're an Assistant Principal at Cromwell College in Central Otago which is on New Zealand's South Island so it'd be useful if you could um, start by telling us a little bit about the area and the community that you serve and then maybe some of the some of the popular local industries as well.
1: Okay thank you Um, so Central Otago and the um, Lower South Island we are um, a little mini climate um, environment so we have super hot summers and really cold winters, which makes it an ideal environment for viticulture, horticulture and agriculture. Um, So we have specific ranges of of grapes that only grow here and grow really well because of that. Um, We're also probably, you would say, the booming area for um, trades and building in the country at the moment. So um, with those things combined, that's um, really what makes up the bulk of the employment here in central Otago.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're going to be talking today about the Central Otago Youth Employment Programme, or COYEP for short. Um, It it began as a pilot programme actually at Cromwell and another school in the region, Dunstan High School. Back in two thousand and eighteen, so that's five uh, years ago now. Th- things have certainly grown since then, and and we'll talk about the impact of that in a moment. But what was the original aim of the pilot program in two thousand and eighteen? what What was the context behind the decision to set it up?
1: So um back in two thousand and eighteen, it was I, I was previously at Dunstan High School um at the time before I moved to my deputy principal role at Cromwell. Um, And we noticed that there was a growing number of disengaged students at the school. Not necessarily were they um, not capable or able of succeeding, but their abilities um, were in another skill set that wasn't really represented by um, the current school system. And um, so with the growing disengagement came behavioural issues. Um, Not always, but just um, that was something that from student voice and um, a family voice and community that was missing as well. Previously in Central Otago, uh, 20 years plus ago, I think it would be fair to say that we were quite um, active in the trades world. Um, and that's something that with the push for our National Certificate of Education, NCA, had sort of dropped off um, being so engaged in the community with employment opportunities like that. So I think um, the disengagement was probably just a reflection of us not meeting those needs.
0: Mm-hmm. So you ended up with this sort of cohort of students who were not in employment, they were in education, they were just sort of, I don't know, it's a bit of cliches in it, but slipping through the cracks, basically. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's something that's localised to um, our area. It was just that um, we were definitely noticing it and um, having a measure of that as well. Um, so, yeah, those those students that can just sort of stop attending frequently and then the attendance rate plummets until the point that they're just taken off the roll, Um and and not necessarily followed up um, in any way of, of whether they're in employment or if they're seeking education opportunities through polytechnic um, and online courses. So um, through a, a little bit more um, tightening up of the attendance statistics with that, um, I guess the whole Coyote program is really about pulling together all of your services within a community rather than us working in silos alone, um, being a school. Um, separate to employment and separate to um, tertiary providers and things like that. It's really about everybody coming together.
0: Mm-hmm. And we know that, that that that's effective, isn't it? When when people can collaborate on things as well. So it's a year eleven program. And um, what does the course involve? There's a mix, isn't there? There's a mix of schools, there's a mix of work experience, and then there's some other skills as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, the program, as it runs, is that we have one day a week, the students are working on site with their chosen career path so um, whether that be building in the trades um, hospitality viticulture bike mechanics um, the gym industry the 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 world is your oyster Um, essentially if the kids can think of it we can coordinate for that to happen Um, one day a week they are on site at school but in a separate classroom with just the 10 Coyerp students and two teaching staff. And in that time, they're working through the Polytech um, designed work packages. So this is level two, three um, of the curriculum work. That is something that is not offered in mainstream classes. So this is work packages around... Um, employment law or creating CVs or um, leases and contracts for rental properties, things for readiness into that next stage of life that students need but isn't actually currently offered in mainstream classes. Um, So they do that for a full day with support um, and then the other three days a week are spent in their mainstream classes um, or a hybrid of those programmes as well.
0: Mm -hmm. So they're still getting that literacy and numeracy, all those other skills as well. Um, But you're working in those really um, important life skills as well. And then also that work experience connection. So so what's the normal intake uh, each year then? And how do you go about selecting students for the programme?
1: Mm -hmm. That's such a good question. Um, It's capped at 10 students per school currently, um, and we always fill those quotas. Uh, We have waiting lists because it is such a popular program um, and, you know, five years and families, community students can all see the value of this. Um, So it starts actually for a lot of students a few years out. We have kids in year eight identifying that they they want to be a co-op student in year 11. Um, And so um, we're really lucky to be able to give them a taster of that um, when they're a little bit younger. Um, And from there, we go through an interview process. So family and um, student coming in in the year 10 year uh, towards the end of the year. So these interviews are starting to happen now. Um, Jenna, our facilitator for the Coyote Programme across all of the schools, um, is integral in talking to the students and then in coordinating and meeting with the families, just because we need to have the family support. Um, to stay and remain in the Coyote Programme, you need to have 85% attendance of school or higher. Um, so it's not something for a student that has already um, maxed out with disengagement and attendance um, issues. That is that is not our target. This is re-engagement and, and something that cannot be offered on site at a school. Um, and so that's really, really important. So there's a panel of us that will sit down and um, go through those interviews and explain really explicitly what the requirements are going to be um, so that we don't have any disappointment um, for any any of the key stakeholders in this. Um, some of those things need to be about the commitment to your work experience. So um, one of the, the amazing things is that if you sign up for a particular work experience and you don't like it, Um, you can change every term. So you can commit to it for 10 weeks. And um, at that point, if you think, oh, actually, um, you know, chefing at the restaurant isn't really for me, I'd like to give painting a job, then um, we can do that and we can change it as well. But we need to know that we have that commitment. So that's why it's really important um, to have families and and the students really explicitly understanding that as well. Also, um, code of conduct, um, and representing yourself in the school in the best way that you can is really important as well. So all of those things that are discussed and signed um, before we're accepting people on the program, as I said, there's always a waiting list. So that feeling of urgency with the students is really there. Um, they know that they don't want to slip up um, to to lose their spot, and that starts in their year ten year. So, Jenna's a frequent visitor to school. She's on staff um, and obviously myself and others that are involved as well. So if we randomly call into classes and you're not there um, and it's not an explained absence, the students know that that's jeopardising their potential to make it into um, the programme. And I guess the message there is that we care. And um, there's a lot of people wrapping around these kids to make it successful. So... Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's it seems to be really successful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about the success in a second. Just just on the point of um, there still being the element of school there, I should imagine that having that link with school, with their uh, friendship groups, with their support groups, that's that's good for students too, isn't it? Rather than just taking them away from that.
1: Oh, massively, yeah. As I said, it's it's everything. It's that whole community coming together. Um, a lot of the boys in our programme um, were part of the under-15 rugby team, tournament team, so they're working towards that, um, which is great because all of their employers then get to hear about um, this event that was coming up. That grows the support in the town for a school event as well. Um, and, yeah, all of those things are combined, I guess, for any child growing up to have a pool of adults and people, a care support network around you, um, and and whatever um, your success is is really hugely important. Um, yeah, and, and there's so much learning that's happening for these kids as well um, that gets sort of transferred across their, their schooling, their work experience um, and their sport too. So mm-hmm. um, really, really important, especially at that age, that students do still have that ability to connect with their peers. Um, but what's really cool is them bringing their stories back, you know, stories of what happens at Smoko and all um, oh, the feeds that you get given or, you know, this that, and the next thing that you hear the kids talking about out in the schoolyard at breaks on their school days as well, which is really awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned there about the range of industries in the area. Do you have a um, how does it work? Do you have a list that, that sort of sign up or it sounds to me like really is driven by the student and then you, you go out and make. Do everything possible to try and match them with something suitable.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely the way it is. I mean, there's a number of employers that um, love the programme and just say, yep, send us somebody every year. Um, And then over and above that, um, we have students that come on each year and throw something that we've never heard of before. And so you go out looking to make that happen as well. Um, again, extremely lucky in the Central Otago area to have such supportive employers um, that are just really behind this, um, happy to give up their time and energy. We even have some employers that come back with the students after hours and um, to, to give them you know, additional support on things um, if, it's, if that's required. We've had employers come to our breakup evenings, prize givings, come and watch the kids' sports. You know, it's not just a a one day a week work experience. It's a huge connection. And, um, you know, more often than not, it leads to
0: full time apprenticeships and jobs at the end of the year. So, um, pretty incredible. We'll be back after this quick message from our sponsor. You're listening to a podcast from Teacher Magazine, supported by MacKillop Seasons, whose Seasons for Life project supports young people affected by suicide and other loss events throughout Australia. Free for Australian high schools and based on the strong evidence base of the Seasons for Growth, Change, Loss and Grief Education programmes, the Seasons for Life project builds well-being, resilience, social and emotional coping skills, and strengthens supportive relationships. So let's have a have a chat about what the, the impact of it then. Um, part of that uh, aim then, as you said, the central aim is about engagement. Part of the aim was to reduce the NEAT figures. So so that stands for not in education, employment or training. It's had a massive impact, hasn't it? Uh, what are the figures for that?
1: Well, at Dunstan and Cromwell College now, there's zero. We have no teenagers that are not in, emplo- not, not in employment or education mm-hmm. um, currently. So, yeah i mean the the numbers don't don't lie um it's that's pretty incredible for us um to have that as well and to that's been consistent for a couple of years now that's um you know it's not just by pure luck because these are the same students who would have been filling those numbers um just because that feeling of disconnection and that sense of belonging that wasn't there that has now been created um and it's not seen as a course for students that cannot achieve. It's not seen as something for the, the, the ones who are not academically able. It's absolutely a reflection of probably the current education system being quite outdated and not reflecting, um, a measure of really what intelligence in the real world is like. Um, and so this is a program where students are able to shine um, with skills that they have. We've got um, some students doing engineering, for example, and a boy who's um, done welding and, and made his own dog box. I mean, um, these these things that you, you just simply couldn't do on site at school. Um, but where he might not be able to articulate and write an essay. So therefore, his literacy grades would be far, far lower and not doing very good things for his own um, sense of confidence and and mental um, well-being for thoughts about himself. Um, However, in in this opportunity this year, he's been given to be able to see about his amazing strengths and some of the things that... um, He's able to do that a lot of adults can't do as well. So, um, yeah, those are the the strengths.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's not just about sort of that, like you say. There's some some really. Um good skills involved there, quite complex things going on in some of these workplaces. It's not just sort of labouring and all that kind of thing. I was watching um, part of a documentary, and I'll put a link into that, into the transcript of this podcast, which is over at teachermagazine.com. Um, and it, one of the kids was on a farm and um, he was using very complex machinery there. So the latest tech, uh, learning how to use that, because we know that farming is 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 actually way out in front in terms of tech. Um, and the other thing was he was saying about, you know, um, proportions of feed and that kind of thing. So there's, there's a lot of numeracy involved there as well. So it really is giving them some quite complex skills, isn't it, But on the job training?
1: Absolutely. And and for um, the flip side of everything, the information that schools are receiving back about what we need to be doing and modifying and staying more on um, point is really, really valuable. So um, I do a, a worksite visit around all of our employers during the year. And last year made um, a point to have some summary questions for them to answer for me. And some of the feedback from the employers um, on the building web, um, sites was, why do you teach your students to measure in centimetres? Nobody in the world uses centimetres. It's confusing and it's outdated. We use millimetres, we use metres. Don't confuse them by doing centimetres. And then um, proceeded to get out of ruler and said, you know, if you're measuring 60 mil, you put your thumb on the 60 mil and you measure backwards to the zero and then you can't muck it up as well. Please, can you show your kids how to use the ruler this way around? Um, We get them here and we have to retrain all of the sort of mistakes that you guys have have built into them. That's not functional measurement. Um, So that one little tip about measurement I've been able to take back to our maths departments and feed that down. We also have in our communities, they're called kahuiakos or communities of learning, where it's a high school attached to your primary schools and your early childhood centres, so to form um, a community of of zero to eighteen year old learning that is the overarching guide for education. So then that's something that's filtered down all the way through that we're all focusing now on making sure we're using millimeters for measurement and we're using the ruler in the same way that um, they appreciate in the trades. So that's just one tiny example that has a really big flow on effect. Um, So we're learning as much from them, (laughs) if not more, um, to support the kids for the future, which is
0: great. Such a good example. Yeah. So from that early pilot, then things have uh, expanded. There are now another two schools involved, um, Mount Aspiring and Wakatipu High. Um, Do all the schools run the same programme? Is it delivered in the same way, essentially?
1: Essentially, um, one of the schools, so Wakatipu and Mount Aspiring in Queenstown and Wanaka are much, much bigger schools than the rest of us. So we're talking uh, 1,400, 1,600 students at each, um, whereas we are sort of sitting at around the 640. Um, So they still only have the 10 spaces as well. At Wakatipu, they run it slightly different. They do it in line. So it's one hour a day that the students are coming over for that tuition. um, And all the other schools run a a one day block to deliver the work packages. Everybody does the one day work experience um, and three days of pure classes at school as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I should imagine having that group of schools involved now, that's that's good for you, isn't it, in terms of a support network for educators? Do you all get together and, and, and share what's happening in the programme then?
1: Yeah, there's the um, technology being what it is, has allowed um, for really good sharing of resources now. So sharing Google Classrooms, coming together for planning and moderation on a regular basis as well. Also sharing of ideas, um, some of those sort of challenging um, problems that can be shared and problem solved together as well to do with motivation or um, attendance or anything like that so that we're front-footing the whole whole way along um, and, and and not I guess not letting anything become a problem because, you know, problem shared, problem halved and all that sort of thing. And, and generally, um, a problem is not going to be new for anyone when you share it amongst all of the schools. Somebody's already experienced something along those lines. Um, and we're also, because we are close together, sharing of um, employers as well, so uh, Dunstan High School in Alexandra, but we have some of the students that cross over into businesses in Cromwell, and same for the Cromwell kids down in Alex, um, and, and that's absolutely fine. Um, and also the the sharing of resources for specialist training. Um, So next term we've got the Dunstan High School and Cromwell College students are all coming to Cromwell to the conference centre and we've invited invited in a range of employers to conduct some mock interviews. So we're going through the interview process um, ahead of time with our students And then we've got these employers coming in, they're giving them the 101s of um, employment law, of etiquette in the workplace, of cell phone management, Um, and then they're going to sit them down and run through a um, a mock interview. So we have um, the interviewer, the interviewee, and then one of our students will be the observer. And at the end of the interview, the observer can give back things that they've noticed, um, and things that they might wonder about and question, and then they swap over. So, um, just some really good learning opportunities for our kids before they go into that next step of their life as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you mentioned uh, that
0: there's a there's a waiting list as well, and that kids are interested really from year eight. You've you've expanded it. You've expanded it sorry to year ten junior mm-hmm. career. How how does that differ then? What does that involve?
1: So the year ten program is is simply the one day work experience. So um, when we're noticing that there's a little bit of disengagement happening and those behaviour issues start to flare, so you know referral numbers for that student or um, teachers of are all mentioning that something's off with them. They just don't see it like themselves. Um, having those conversations and whipping them into something that they're engaged in. We've got a junior student at the moment who's um, out doing pest control. So he's out rabbit and possum shooting. And since the the day that he started doing that once a week, he's not had one referral at school now. Um, previously, he was having a couple um, a day and that's our referrals are that um, send out of class for regulation time. Um, and so just by having one day um, a week, uh, it's obviously meeting his needs for engagement that obviously wasn't there and you know that's something that's not possible for us to offer at school we can't take kids out with firearms and and offer all of that sort of thing that that these companies can and to do it in a safe way and um so, yeah, now I'm having discussions with him about um, turning it into a business and what could he use possum meat for, maybe making dog food. And so he's coming up with a whole business model behind that and he's identified some skills at school um, in maths and in and, and computing that he now needs to learn and have under his belt so that he could be successful to run a business like that, which is now engaging him more in his learning because he sees a reason for it. So
0: sounds great it's that applied it's that applied use of, of the knowledge and skills isn't it so as we've talked about then you've had great success with this model it certainly sounds like it I know you keen um yourself and Jenna Jenna Faulkner are keen for it to be rolled out nationally so um, I thought as was a pitch to other education systems then um, <laughs> well, what are the, what would you say that are the benefits from having a program like COIEP?
1: I think for me in a nutshell um it it might sound a little bit cliche, but you are actually changing somebody's life. There has every student that has been through this program. It has been life changing for them. We've had students that, you know, home life might not have been ideal. Um, They've been offered job experience um, that has got them then into a job where they have moved into a new home, um, a new town, um, and, and completely turned their lives around. Um, even for the students who it's, it may not be that extreme, when you see somebody whose engagement in life is being met and their wheels are being spun, um, there's nothing better than that. And um, that's what I'm seeing with every student that comes into the co program. program. Um, it's real learning in real time and that connection with their community, um, which you know is, is something that is not temporary, which is pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm. It's great to hear that it's having such a positive impact, uh, not just on the school, not just on the community, but obviously for the students and their families. Um, it's been great to speak to you today and find out more about the programme. Best of luck for the rest of the school year. We're, we're nearly on the home stretch, I guess. <laughs> and uh, I'm with the Coyette programme in the future, Sarah, thanks again for joining us at Teacher. No worries. Thanks very much, Joe. And that's all for this episode. We'll be back next week with the next instalment of our School Assembly podcast. In the meantime, if you want to keep listening, you can access almost 300 teacher podcast episodes from our archive at teachermagazine.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. But before you do that, please take a few moments to review our podcast. It helps other people like you to find it and it's a big support to the teacher team. So thank you. You've been listening to a podcast from Teacher, supported by MacKillop Seasons, Seasons for Life, supporting schools and young people affected by suicide and other significant losses. Visit MacKillopSeasons.org.au